Welcome to the Shannon Plan. This is episode number Jared Maiden, also known as number 43. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by my co-host Akash. Akash, what is up? How's it going, KP? I am floored that you knew that Jared Maiden wore 43. Like the lightning speed with which you said the Jared Maiden episode, I was shocked. So we talked about Jared Maiden and just before this, before we press record, uh, I did not know who number 44 was. So I don't know how much credit I get because number 44 is one of the most popular players on the 49ers. Also, she has a name with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which makes it even worse. <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk. I will never forget that. All right. So a lot has happened with the 49ers, as is always the case, no matter if we are in June January or whenever it seems. So this team stays busy and we are going to start with the wide receiver. So Julio Jones is not a member of the 49ers. The good news is he is not a member of the Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals, or the Rams. I want to call them the St. Louis Rams for whatever reason, (laughs) (laughs) the Los Angeles Rams. And Kyle Shanahan was at the Sonoma Raceway this past Sunday And he spoke about that a little bit. Akash, do you recall what he said? So Kyle Shanahan, first off, before we get into what he said, I mean, is everyone jealous of Kyle Shanahan or what? It's this skinny, rich dude. He's pulling off this like trucker hat. He's got his shades on, got like the salt and pepper beard going. He's firing up the crowd. Looked like he was having a blast. And so it it felt like everyone wanted to be Kyle Shanahan in that moment. But so he was asked about Julio Jones and he basically said, you know, Julio Jones, great player. Uh, would have loved to have him, but we're very happy that he didn't end up in the NFC West. So you don't have to face him twice a year. So I think they're fine with him, with Julio Jones going to Tennessee. They do play the Titans later this season. I think it's Christmas, Christmas weekend, but you only have to play him once. Uh, it's, you know, out of the division, out of the conference, uh, ideal landing spot. Um, you know, before the trade went down, logically I thought this would probably where Julio Jones ends up just because Tennessee had this big need at wide receiver after they lost, you know, Johnny Smith, Corey Davis. Um, and they just, they just needed some juice and for the Falcons, get him out of the NFC, send him cross conference. Uh, looks like they got decent compensation in return and they didn't have to eat any of the salary. So just the trade made sense from both sides. And I think Kyle Shanahan was spot on. How involved do you think the 49ers were during this process? Yeah, Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer said in his MMQB that all these teams, you know, picked up the phone and reached out to Atlanta, but didn't really make any concrete offers. So if Julio went for a two and a four, what were other teams offering? Were they just, hey, take this comp pick uh, next year and here, that's all I got. But Breer also did mention that one of the driving forces – and one of the reasons that Julio ended up in Tennessee was that some teams wanted uh, Atlanta to pay Julio part of Julio's salary. So maybe that's where they had to draw the line with these NFC West teams. But at the same time, um, maybe this was all just media created, media driven, because that seems to be the case in a lot of these situations after the fact anyway. So, yeah, I'm not too sure, but I mean, it's over with. He's he's not in the NFC. Uh, don't have to worry about seeing Julio twice a year. We'll have to see Julio at the end of the year on a short week on Thursday night football, which will be fun. And by fun, I do not mean fun, at least uh, for the 49ers uh, defense, that is. So, all right, enough of Julio Jones talk. Uh, at Sonoma Raceway, what do you think Kyle was drinking? And 
what do you think his drink of choice is? That's what I really want to talk about. Ah, I think Kyle Shanahan's a tequila guy. I feel like he Ooh. was just pounded margaritas. I mean, if you heard how hyped he was when he said, drivers start your engines, you know he was just – he was lighting up those margaritas yeah. all yeah. day long uh, in the afternoon, which which you should, right? I mean, it's the off season. These guys work so hard during the season. I think, yeah, you should enjoy yourselves uh, when you get the opportunity. I think he's a light beer guy, actually. I think he really? just pounds beers – uh, and not like quality beer either. He seems like more of a cheap Natty beer. Light. Uh, yes, living in those uh, Keystone College days and just pounding yeah. the cheap beer. Kind if, of if he's doing cheap beer, he must be working out like crazy because he doesn't have the beer belly. So I was like, ah, I can't be just pounding pounding beers either, right? Because some coaches, you could tell, those guys pound sodas and beers all the time because they look like it. But Kyle Shanahan just looks like a young, thick guy. Right, right. All right, well, speaking of Shanahan, he does run the 49ers practice and, unfortunately – on Monday, two players were lost for the season, essentially. So Justin School, uh, who was a swing tackle and actually started 12 games in the past two years. It's not like he is a nobody for the 49ers. He tore his ACL, and then Tarverius Moore tore his Achilles, and both of those injuries happened on Monday. That was brutal, man, just because – and when we – me and you went through our roster projections, and it was, I believe it was last month, in the middle of last month, and neither of us had school making the roster, but I think losing any player in June sucks for, for, to begin with. But I think it, it hurts just from a competitive standpoint. So Jalen Moore, who the team did draft, it has been working at left tackle, but he's a rookie and he's a day three rookie. Uh, Sean Coleman. Coming off tackle. of two years of absence. Yeah, hasn't played in two years. So just the competition would be good for all of those, everybody competing. And then you have Tarverius Moore, who I think the world of. I think he's a great uh, special team player. He led the team in special teams tackles. He had the fifth most snaps in special teams. Uh, he had a – I think the 49ers defense has been at their best during the past two seasons when they've been using like a three-safety look with Moore as that third safety guy. Yeah. And I just imagine his role growing this season. So I know he's not, you know, like a household name, probably not many people outside of Santa Clara know who Tarverius Moore is, but he's a young up, up and comer. And it's not his fault that, you know, he had a good, really good college career and he had to waste a year because the coaching staff moved him position. So um, it sucks that we won't be able to see him. There's an outside chance of him returning in December, but I mean, that's just such a long shot where it's, it's almost safe to assume that he's not going to come back. So yeah, man, uh, they do have depth at safety. There are a lot of bodies there, but just because there are a lot of bodies doesn't mean there's a lot of talent there. And I would say that more was comfortably, you know, the next best guy, but I mean, the, the signing of Tony Jefferson. We're, we're going to get into that here, I, I guess, pretty soon. But uh, what, what was your in, initial takeaway from all of these signings? It was or a brutal people? blow or the initial injuries. Yeah, I mean, it was a brutal blow. You woke up on Tuesday morning and obviously media only has access uh, a day a week for these OTAs. So the other days where media isn't present or doesn't have access, you just have no clue what's going on until the team tells you or you know, a rap sheet or a chef or a mayo or someone big, like, you know, breaks the news and you wake up on Tuesday morning and you find out, man, you lost two guys, Tarverius Moore to a torn Achilles, which historically is a brutal injury to come back from. Oh, and Tarverius is more, Tarverius Moore's strength is his just speed and, and his athleticism and what, you know, that was his 
you know, uh, strength on the field. And now coming off of a torn Achilles, how is he going to look next season? Um, and then Justin Skule, yeah, you and I didn't project him to make the 53-man roster, but still a depth piece, someone that was going to compete in camp, compete in uh, preseason for snaps, and uh, would have been like a fringe roster player if there were injuries ahead of him. And whenever your depth gets hit this early during OTAs where you really shouldn't be doing anything that strenuous, it's a blow. And this team has just suffered from injuries. It's a constant theme. I feel like you and I, ever since we started this podcast, have just talked about injuries at nauseum. And, you know, Football Outsiders does adjusted games lost, um, which is a stat that they look at all the different positions, all the different players, and they do kind of an average of how many games, um, you know, uh, players are missing for. So I went through, and here is the adjusted games lost rank for the 49ers since 2014. So since they moved to Levi Stadium, the Kyle Shanahan wasn't the coach. And the lower the rank, uh, the more injured you are, basically. So in 2014, they were 25th. And in 2015, they were 26th. 2016, 24th. 2017, 23rd. 2018, 29th. Uh, 2019, they were 27th. And then in 2020, they were dead last. In 2020, they had like the worst injury situation for any team since like 01, I remember. So they've been injured. And I feel like we can stop saying that it's just bad luck or bad juju or whatever. There must be something that's happening, whether it's nutrition or stretching or recovery or body management or how they practice or just something that continually causes these non-contact ligament injuries or you know, uh, soft tissue injuries. There's just, there seems to be a pattern with this team and they've got to figure it out because if guys aren't on the field, they're not going to win games. And in this case, I get it's depth players and maybe players that haven't, wouldn't be starting, but it's just, it's just this pattern that continues and uh, it's, it's worrisome. So this happens in June quite a bit too. I remember the first year I took over in 2019, uh, Jimmy Ward broke his collarbone in June. Uh, this seems to happen quite a bit. And yeah, eventually we have to pull the plug on just the bad luck talk because it it has to come back to how the team practices. And I don't not going to pretend to um, I'm not going to pretend that I've been at OTAs, so I don't know what exactly is going on. They do practice intense, you know, a little probably more intense than most teams. But still, I mean, they're professional football players and these are non-contact injuries. For example, Jalen Hurd was lost for the season. Um, one of the times um, where he was just standing alone by himself. So these something, I don't know what would change. And I wish I had like a bullet point list of, Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Because if you didn't know any better, they're running a fight club there behind closed doors because these are severe season ending injuries. And it's, I mean, big time players, right? Jalen Hurd, D Ford, Sean Coleman, Justin Skule, Tarverius Moore, all interesting practice. Like, I understand if it's, like, during a game, it's, like, it's violent sport. Like, you get hurt during, like, how Nick Bosa got hurt last season where he got his, you know, uh, leg rolled up on. But if you're yeah. having non-contact injuries in practice in, like, June and July, like, we've got a problem. Didn't Debo have some? Debo, Debo with the hamstring. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, foot, the foot injury was, I think he was working out in Tennessee, right, with the guys, and he got hurt then. Um, but yeah, and then he came back and then he had the hamstring stuff. And even if you look at their injury list from last week, right, a lot of the receivers weren't participating and obviously you don't know the severity of those injuries, but I mean, a lot of the starters were there with different groin and hamstring and calf injuries, all these soft tissue things. And 
Their leading rusher was lost for the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. From year. And that was it within the first, you know, week of practice, which is nuts, yeah. man. And and uh, Jeff Wilson, right? Torn meniscus. He was getting up from like a, a chair and something popped. Like it wasn't on, you know, it wasn't on the field. So these these seem to be injuries that like are building up over time because of wear and tear. Whatever's going on, they got to figure it out and they got to fix it. I mean, they a lot of people were like, hey, they, you should just fire the training staff and hire a new one. Well, they already did that. They did that last year. They canned everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And they reevaluated the whole thing. They've like completely changed it. And yet it still continues to occur. So, yeah, this, this might be Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's like first priority is getting like their how they practice and how the guys, you know, prepare and how their bodies are managed like that has to be like a, uh, a priority and, you know, switching gears, um, Chase Claypool, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver had a comment about this, I believe last year. Right. I think he mentioned something like the 49ers wear pads on Thursdays, which isn't common, I guess, in the NFL. And he brought that up and we were trying to figure out who told him that. And so it's, it's yeah, slippery Fox or Silver Fox, or whatever his name is. Um, but yeah, so this seems to be a common theme, that the how the 49ers practice seems to be leading to just more injuries, maybe. And like I said, I, I wouldn't pretend to know how they're supposed to work or what they should or shouldn't be doing, but they got to figure this stuff out, man. I've been to my fair share of football practices, and I don't see these injuries happen to other teams. So whatever they are doing is not working, and it has to start inside the building yep. and again it's bizarre that these non-contact injuries keep happening but uh Kyle Shannon did cancel practice on Tuesday and the report came out that the 49ers are going to do some team bonding activities which was that just bowling go home or what do you, like, what do you be? yeah <laughs> you sit around in a circle and just uh feel bad I don't know it's uh it's 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 very strange so Kyle Shannon and Mike McDaniel, new offensive coordinator, are scheduled to speak on Wednesday. They were going to speak on Tuesday, or McDaniel was going to speak on Tuesday, uh, added Shanahan to the bill, and now he's going to speak on Wednesday. I imagine because, because so Mike McDaniel, the very first time he ever meets with the media, hey, yeah. what are you guys doing at practice? Yeah. Why do people keep getting hurt? You don't want to put that on him. So yeah. I imagine yeah. they're going to make Kyle go first, Yep, and he's going to be the guy because – I, I don't know who's going to ask. I have no problem asking and, you know, making him uncomfortable if he gets there. Like, hey, Kyle, maybe you shouldn't go this fight club route uh, at practice and maybe soften up a little bit. But I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how, you know, if, if some of the media kind of tiptoes around the idea of what's happening or, if, yeah, just if, where Kyle also, if he opens up about it as well. It felt like the sentiment, at least on social media, changed a little bit today where people – I felt like before people were like, ah, it's just bad injury luck. It's bad juju, whatever. And yet today it kind of felt like people were starting to turn a little bit on how the 49ers run their practices and, and Kyle Shanahan and just how they operate. Um, and I'm interested to see how those questions go uh, on Wednesday and just to see how Kyle Shanahan addresses that stuff. He's obviously he's stepping in now. He's trying to take the arrow, which he should. He's the head guy. He's a head coach. Right. Uh, he doesn't want to put Mike McDaniel on that spot. Um, and like you mentioned, I imagine he goes first, addresses all the injury questions and hopefully, yeah, they ask him, you know, just, uh, why his practices and how they operate through this stuff and just 
why are the results in terms of injuries different for the 49ers than like every other team in the NFL? I, I'm just curious how they get to the bottom of this problem. So the 49ers do have a replacement for Tarverius Moore. These two did not happen together. So the 49ers signed Tony Jefferson on Monday morning. Moore tore his Achilles Monday afternoon during practice. So they plan to bring in Jefferson even before that. So now Jefferson probably just slides into Moore's role. And again, I go back to the special team um, dynamic for Moore. And I don't know if that's going to be what Jefferson does. I imagine that's going to be what uh, Talanoa Hufunga, I hope I pronounced that right, fifth round pick from USC. Uh, He's probably going to play. But I mean, Jefferson's not going to be you know, on the sideline. He's a veteran. He knows he has, he's going to have to do some dirty work. I want to know what he has left in the tank because the first five games during the 2019 season before Jefferson was injured, he was playing lights out. He was playing very, very well. First of all, he's just a smart football player. Um, he's a little bit undersized, but, he's, you know, he falls under that tough category. So he did miss 11 games due to a knee injury. But I mentioned um, before that he broke up, I think, like four, five passes on just under 10 targets. It was something crazy where he was just very productive. Okay, I have it. He broke up five passes on seven targets um, when he was with Baltimore. And he was playing around the line of scrimmage a lot. So uh, we'll see what he has to offer because the 49ers, I imagine, under D'Amico Ryan, who kind of hinted at his defense will look a lot different. I wonder if that just means more defensive backs, getting more speed on the field. Uh, we shall see. But what do you think uh, What do you think Jefferson is going to bring to the Bears? Yeah, I I tweeted this out yesterday. Their depth at safety is long. I mean, they have a lot of guys in in the back end of that secondary where, okay, you lose Tarverius Moore and you bring something unique to the table, but you've got, you know, guys like Tony Jefferson, Talanoa Hufanga, uh, Jared Maiden, Marcel Harris, and the list goes on. So there's going to be guys that are going to step up and compete. Uh, As for the Tony Jefferson signing, obviously he didn't play in 2020. He sat out with the ACL injury that he suffered in 2019. Um, his best years kind of came in Baltimore there um, in, in 2018, in between 2017 and 2019. Um, I'm just interested to see how he is physically after getting the year off. We talked about this with Trent Williams, obviously way different caliber of player, but the, you know, sitting out for that year really benefited his body and he just looked a lot more fresh and kind of rejuvenated. And I wonder if Tony Jefferson will kind of benefit from that uh benefit from that as well so we'll see how he looks but i yeah i think he's gonna slot right into the tarverius moral role um and hopefully you know D'Amico ryan's finds a way to use all of these hybrid guys i feel like between the linebackers and the safeties they have a lot of interchangeable pieces and it's going to be up to D'Amico ryan's and his defensive staff to be able to figure out you know how to use guys based on certain matchups and based on what offense they're playing on a given week and um you know D'Amico ryan spoke last week right and he said he's going to try to simplify the defense a little bit and so that they can be more aggressive and fast and so i think tony jefferson definitely fits that mold over under four games started in 2021 for tony jefferson Ooh, i'll go under just because officially i don't think he'll start a lot of games but i'll think i think he sees a lot of snaps on the field did you take the over i'll i'm taking the over just because i'm not doing <laughs> in history okay and, that's fair um Obviously, the the two starting safeties are two of my favorite players to watch on this defense. Yeah, but again, highly underrated. History would suggest that they're not going to play the entire season. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about Trey Lance taking over Vegas. 
All right, we are back. So if you missed it, Kyle Shannon wasn't the only person who had some weekend shenanigans. The 49ers, not the entire team, but it seemed like a few of the teammates were out at Vegas having a good time. Saw George Kittle smiling it up with Travis Kelsey. For the record, before we even get any further, people like to pit those two against each other for whatever reason. Because they love fan, each other. Uh, yeah, it's so obvious and evident, too. No matter when, whenever they're around each other or whenever they speak and that comes up, they kind of play that down. But fan, a fan in a fan's brain, it'll be like uh, George Kittle. I think George Kittle's better than Travis Kelsey. So, therefore, there's no way that they those yeah. two can get along. That's just not just how real life works. Yeah, it's, you don't have to pit these guys against each other. But anyway, uh, so George Kittle was there. We saw uh, – Trey Sermon. We also saw Trey Lance freshly turned 21. First time. I'm I don't know if that's his first time out in Vegas. Who knows? But it that's his first time on legally. Camera. And yes, yes, in Vegas. So uh, it was great to see, you know, just him out and about having a good time. Uh not all fans would agree with that. However, uh, there were some wild, wild takes about that. Uh apparently 21-year-olds are not allowed to go out in the summer and have a good time because we all know when we were 21, we all used to stay inside and sit on our couch the entire time and never ever drink or do anything of the case. What what do you uh what was your initial take when you first saw Lance in Vegas? So first thing is the George Kittle um and uh Travis Kelsey dynamic. So how many pl- how many people on the planet can George Kittle really relate to, right? Just being an elite tight end, uh, one of the most famous NFL players, one of the best NFL players. There's only a handful of people that he can relate to in terms of the stuff that they go through. And obviously, Travis Kelsey just happens to be one of those guys because they play a similar brand of football, play a similar uh, position. They kind of came up in the same way, play for successful teams. And so, of course, they're good friends. I'm sure on the field, they want to just kick each other's ass. But... Off the field in the summer, uh, I bet they enjoy hanging around each other. And that's where this whole tight end university thing popped up from. And uh, yeah, I, I like that. As long as you're competing on the field, I, I don't really care if you hang out with these guys off the field. I don't need some sort of like budding rivalry or hate between these guys, uh, even though I feel like some fans really thrive off of that. So that was my takeaway with Kittle and Kelsey. Now onto the Trey Lance thing. I have zero problem with it. I mean, like you said, when we were all in our young 20s, how many times did we go to Vegas? Or how many times did we go out during the weekend? I feel like people, when it comes to quarterbacks or NFL players or just athletes in general, just think that they got to be like tunnel visioned with the sport and with perfecting their craft. Yet, you know, when it comes to just their own regular lives, they always look for an outlet, you know, in life, whether that's going out to Vegas or taking vacations or partying or whatever the thing is, right? Um, I feel like whenever we like to enjoy ourselves, and I think Trey Lance is doing the same. He's 21. It's first time in Vegas, we think, legally. And just let him have a good time. Just go enjoy himself. Um, and I think as long as you don't get into any like trouble, you should be able to do whatever you want. So uh, there were some wild takes out there. I just I didn't care. I just hope you had a good time. The thing about this is, if you didn't see this, you wouldn't know. And you wouldn't yeah. be outraged. Yeah. Just because you have you know access to this, that's the only reason you reacted in that way. Like, who knows how many times Tom Brady has been out, how many times Peyton Manning went out, how many times all these great players have been out, even when they were – so a lot, not a lot of people know this, but during the season, these players go out. If people knew that, um, it, it doesn't always have to be to that Gronkowski level, but what I've known for a while – I don't know if this is the case anyway – for a while there, 
Thursday night before the game, these players are going out. And I'm not saying like the 49ers specifically, but around the NFL, Thursday night is a night to go out. Yeah, and yeah. that's what they do. And they drink and they are normal human beings. And yeah. no, they are not normal human beings. I will not say that. They are super talented. Yeah. They, we are not the same. Because you have a hungover, you get hungover off of a few beers. Doesn't mean the 6'5", 280-pound man is going to have the same effect. So it's just silly and, that. And the little no. video didn't even show him with like a drink in his hand. He just like walked in, had like around. shades on. He's just walking around, yeah. <laughs> so it just felt like people took it way too far. And immediately everyone was like, ah, oh, I bet Justin Fields is studying. And I saw a picture. I think he was at like a baseball game this weekend. It's like, yeah, these guys have fun. They go do their own thing. They should be. It's the off season. And even during the season, if you're like during the week, if you're doing something like by all means, right, just just, you know, just don't get into trouble. You know, just don't be a giant distraction. Other than that, yeah, go live, go live your life, go have fun. And I think people just forget that these guys are just normal, you know, regular human beings. that like to have a good time as well. Remember the hockey game? I don't know if it was last off season or two off seasons ago where the it was McGlinchey, it was Kittle. Oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Most, it was like all those like a lot of the offense and uh, they were just pounding beers at the game. And that was great. Like that was awesome. And, and nobody really said anything like that. But again, you said double standard quarterback, rookie, 21 year old, because Trey Lance, because I guess maybe is, is it because he hasn't accomplished anything yet? I don't, I don't know. It's very bizarre that he shouldn't be allowed to leave the house and do anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then even make it worse to compound that uh, add on. Hey, well, because Justin, Fields, it it whenever as soon as I saw the Fields thing, it's like oh he's mad that Fields is not a 49er. and that's all this hundred percent, hundred percent. The the only time I've ever had an issue is I don't know if you remember, but it was a couple years ago, Giants Packers playoff game, the famous boat picture, OBJ Sterling Shepard, yeah. they flew yeah. down to Miami the week of a playoff game. I thought that was kind of a big deal, right? You're flying out of town, you're going somewhere else. It's a playoff game. It's that week. Like that's when you'd expect to like just be a little bit more focused, but this is the off season. It's like June 6th, 7th. Like who cares? Do what, do whatever you want. Wish I had the stats for that game because they got I'm their sure ass whooped. One of those two. What the giants did. Yeah. That game. Oh, oh man. That's right. That's right. They got torched. It was a, was it a snow game? Well, it was it it might've been a snow game. Yeah. It was, it might've been a snow game. That's why it never made any sense that they went to Miami for like the, <laughs> <Get away>. <laughs> like <laughs> the what Wednesday or whatever. Practice? Yeah, they just practiced one time in Green Bay and were like, nope, this is not for me. So uh, I have the stats up here real quick. Uh, Odell Beckham, four receptions, four, 28 yards. Oh, yeah. I bet Twitter was killing him for that. That's I remember crazy. that. That picture, <laughs> infamous picture on the boat, I could I could see it right now. That yeah. was retweeted so many times during that game, and they got torched. But other than that, it's just Vegas. Go have fun. I mean, George Kittle looked like he was having a good time. I mean, shades on, tank top. Whew. Partying away. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, we have, so there will be OTAs, as I mentioned. And then minicamp, mandatory minicamp, that is, it starts next Tuesday. So June 15, and then they will practice on 15, 16, and 17 before pretty much closing the book until training camp starts at the end of July. So, you know, cross your fingers, knock on wood, hopefully no injuries, mandatory minicamp, and hopefully we start to see more positional battles, you know, come to fruition. But uh, I think they will really start to kick things off once training camp gets underway here. So we're probably about a month and a half away. Some some real good action from the 49ers. But is there anything else that we need to cover on our end? 
No, I think we're good. Just looking forward to training camp. That's really when all the stuff comes to fruition. Right now, they're in shorts, and they're just kind of running around. You really can't take away anything from this stuff. I was looking at tickets uh, just to come to to mini camp next week, and I was thinking, mm, they're in helmets. They're not even in pads. Are, I don't, are, there, are they in pads in mini camp? I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. I didn't think so either. So it, it, I just want to see like how they are in the trenches and how the quarterbacks are with live bodies around them. And then obviously some other battles and positional groups, but it's so tough to get a good read, a good gauge when they're just in helmets. And as we, as we said last time, padded helmets were, was the extent of the story. But again, let's just get out of a training camp without having to, or training camp. Well, that would be nice, but a minute camp, be the first goal. practice without getting somebody injured. So that'll do it for us. Please, as always, rate, subscribe, review, leave us five stars. Feel free to comment on what you think Kyle Shannon drinks, what Trey Lance should be doing instead of partying in Vegas. Whatever it is, let us know. My name is Kyle Posey. You can follow me on Twitter at KP underscore show. Akash, yourself. Yeah, you can follow me at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. And yeah, hit us with uh, Kyle Shanahan's drink of choice. And with that, go Niners.